This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast one of the fastest-growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. This is James. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite sci-fi films and one that I think is just very underrated in general, Ex Machina. This came out in 2014, written and directed by Alex Garland. It's his directorial debut, starring Donald Gleason, Oscar Isaac, and Alicia Vikander. A young programmer is selected to participate in a groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a highly advanced humanoid AI. On IMDb, Ex Machina has a 7.7 rating. Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 92% critic score. 86% audience score. This film won Best Visual Effects at the Academy Awards and was also nominated for screenplay. Now, Alex Garland, this is his directorial debut. He's a great writer. He, he actually wrote the book for The Beach and the screenplay as well back in 2000. He also wrote 28 Days Later. He wrote Sunshine, uh, some other stuff. Let's see, Never Let Me Go. He wrote Dread, which was awesome. I love that movie, super underrated, the, the one starring... Carl Urban, and then 2014, Ex Machina was his directorial debut. He also recently directed Annihilation in 2018 and has a TV, mini TV miniseries, Devs, as well as, I believe he has a, he wrote the script for Halo, and he has another film coming out, I think, in 2022. Don't completely quote me on that. But um, I think he's a really exciting science fiction director, big fan of his work. Um, I, I love pretty much all of his movies he's done. And Ex Machina, it's just really an exceptional movie in my opinion. I think it just still kind of flies under the radar. A lot haven't really seen this movie or heard of it. And I think that needs to change because it's really, really good. And it has some really great strengths in terms of it being small in scope, has very few characters, really just three main leads, has very few sets, really just takes place in one area, one location. A bunch of great performances. Oscar Isaac is awesome in this. Donald Gleason. 
exceptional. This is one of his like first like leading roles in Hollywood. He was also in a Black Mirror episode, I think, before this, which I think piqued people's interest. Uh, fun fact: this is, this is Brendan Gleeson's son. If you didn't know that, and they're both actually in Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part One together. He's his father's Mad Eye, and then Donald plays Charlie, right? Or is it Bill? Bill, Bill Weasley, the one who gets attacked by Fenrir Greenback. This movie is also very relatable to the current world of technology that we're living in. I, I would say that it was a little bit ahead of its time, but it seems more relevant now than ever, especially with the concepts of AI and artificial intelligence. And this movie is very effective in its minimal use of CGI. And that's, I think, why it won Best Visual Effects because, you know, it, it's not always about having the most bombastic effects like a Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie or, or DC or something crazy or even just like some, some crazy sci-fi film. It's about, I think, a lot of times how well you use your visual effects, even if it's minimal like this. Really, the only visual effects in this movie are on Ava. That's basically it in the other robots. But they did a tremendous job with it, and that's why I think it won. And um, I will spoil this film in a little bit, but we'll just, but I'll keep you on... In unspoiler territory or out of spoiler territory for a little bit. The main themes of this film, obviously, artificial intelligence. What does it mean to be human? Also, what does it mean to be a god in the concept of God in general? Love. I think there's some great connections to the Garden of Eden, the biblical story in this film. Uh, arrogance and hubris, claustrophobia. These all tie into this film. Uh, obviously, technology as well as the main theme. Uh, the film stars Donald Gleason as Caleb, who's a pretty good programmer. He seems intelligent. He might think a little too highly of himself, but he wins this contest at work. He's a programmer at uh, Blue Book, which is basically kind of what you could say similar to Google. Blue Book is the fictional version of it in this film. And Caleb, he, you know, he, he's a pretty good programmer at Blue Book. He wins this random contest at work where he gets to go. He's invited to this sort of week-long retreat with the creator of Blue Book, Nathan, this, this you know, sort of exiled CEO genius programmer who created Blue Book. Caleb himself also has a traumatic past. You know, it's revealed in the film that his parents died in a car accident that he was in. He survived, and while he was in the hospital, that's where he took up computer programming in his youth and then went pursued it in college and became advanced and, be, and ended up working at Blue Book. He's also alone in his life. You know, he doesn't have any family, doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't have many friends. Nathan himself is, again, the creator of Blue Book, just like a tech, tech CEO, genius I love this take on this kind of person, though, because, you know, one of the first things that comes out of his mouth is, dude, he just screams, dude, and he's like hitting the punching bags and he's in a tank top. And it's just a really fun take and more realistic for a human being, I think. Um, Nathan, again, created Blue Book when he was like a teenager. He's also highly intelligent, like way more smarter than Caleb, despite Caleb thinking he might be close to his level. Maybe, probably not, though. Uh, Nathan's also very manipulative arrogant and he's really interesting he, he displays a lot of different moods in this film you don't know exactly know what's going on until really the third act of the film when you know behind the motives behind everybody in this film and then there's ava so ava is introduced to us as this humanoid robot that nathan created you know he tells caleb like i'm working on an artificial on an ai on an artificial intelligence and you're here to participate in the Turing test that I'm going to have for you with Ava. And so Ava is 
you know, we see her at first in her full mechanical body, very intelligent, polite, charming, beautiful. And, you know, when Ava later on wears clothing and puts on a wig, she seems basically 100% human. It's, pre- it's pretty wild. And Alicia Vikander is tremendous in this role of Ava because it's a very nuanced and subtle performance that when you watch it the second time, this film, the second viewing and third viewings are so good because you know the real motives behind all the characters. And when you watch the motives behind Nathan, Caleb, and Ava on a second, third time, it's really, really eye-opening and jaw-dropping how, how really clever it all is. Uh, Ava's an excellent conversationist. She makes witty jokes back and forth with with uh, Caleb, so she's super interesting character. I don't, we, we never really seen anything quite like this since like Blade Runner, I would say. Um, and so again, Caleb is here. He won this contest to participate in the Turing test. So a Turing test, which was originally called the Imitation Game by Alan Turing in 1950, who created the Turing test, obviously named after him. And that movie, The Imitation Game, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, is based on him. It's a test of a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior equivalent to or indistinguishable from that of a human. If the evaluator cannot reliably tell the machine from the human, the machine is said to have passed the test. So that's the fascinating concept of this film is Caleb is here to test Ava on artificial intelligence, human intelligence, maybe self-awareness, self-consciousness, all of that, which is so, so cool. And... The film follows basically a few different plot points of Ava and Caleb's interactions in his testing of her and their conversations, as well as it follows Nathan on his own a lot in this claustrophobic world because Nathan has created this secret R&D research and development bunker mansion estate in the middle of nowhere. It seems like it could be, who knows, like somewhere in, in Northern California, maybe in Canada, this giant retreat that's all underground it's airtight. It's completely sealed off. You can't escape without the key card. And that's what's so fascinating about the key cards is Nathan has the ultimate key card. Caleb has one. And it opens some doors, but also it doesn't open most of them as well. So he can't have access to a lot of things inside this underground R&D bunker that Nathan built for himself. But also gives you that sense of claustrophobia where there's no there are no windows. What happens if there's emergency shutdown? Which keeps happening in the film, these emergency... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE power outages which nathan doesn't know the cause of but we learn that ava is doing it later on so i think that there's so much claustrophobia built up into this film because once caleb goes inside this place he seldom is outside sometimes he leaves with nathan but other than that for the most part the film takes place inside this r&d facility 
And now Nathan, he's a really interesting character because he seems to be very moody. Sometimes he's very chipper and witty and conversationist, but other times he's he's kind of antisocial or doesn't really want to talk about specific things. He just wants to shut his brain off in a ways. He's he's also seems to be an alcoholic. He's constantly getting drunk, blind drunk. You know, he's, he's just drinking balls of vodka to his face every night. So why is he always? Getting blind drunk, is this a curse? Is this a, a coping mechanism for what he's done? And so I, I believe that, you know, Nathan has been in the process of creating AI in an experimental and secluded lab by himself. You can assume he's been there for years, maybe, by himself, because he's this is top secret to him. This means he's been creating these robots with human intelligence and possibly self-consciousness. You know, he, we find out later on that Ava is like the eighth model down the line. And he's like, oh, the, the next model will be better. That'll be the, the real breakthrough. And, you know, while he's going through these models and, and Caleb is doing some sniffing around and he finds the footage of Nathan with other models, you know, it's, it's he's imprisoning them. He's experimenting on them. He's destroying them, even erasing their memories. So is this what it feels like to be a god creating life, you know, constantly creating and destroying life and manipulating life and just having full control? And so maybe for me... I think he's constantly drinking because he's because of what he's what he's what's going through in his mind. You know, I'm creating life in my eyes and then I'm ending it. Seems like someone who's like got PTSD from from a war or something like that. You know what I mean? So I think that's why he's always drinking all the time. And why is he always working out? He's always getting blackout drunk. Then he wakes up and then he's hitting the bag. He's lifting weights. He's just, you know, seems like a very powerful person. I think for me, when I watch the film, it seems like he wants to seem seem powerful and seem intimidating because I think Nathan views himself as a god, just like how when Caleb says some, I can't remember what his word for, but he says a line like, this is like god territory, what you're creating. And then when later on, when Nathan says the line back to him, he said, when they write a book about this, you know, I'll tell them how you turned to me. You said, Nathan, you're a god. Caleb's like, that's not exactly what I said. So I think Nathan is just taking on the persona that he is a godlike figure. And I think that what he's doing in the he's I think he's constantly manipulating everything he does is on purpose to an extent, especially the working out where he wants to seem like an evil, powerful person, sort of holding this innocent AI captive, in that this AI captive needs to be rescued. And so what's that gonna t- what do I mean by that? Well, now, now let's get into spoiler territory. So Nathan finds out from Caleb that he was chosen on purpose. He didn't win this mystery prize to go to this retreat with Creator Blue Book, his boss. He didn't. He wasn't special. Caleb Nathan tells him like, "Yeah, yeah, you're a pretty good programmer. Yeah, you're not bad actually, but yeah, you, you're you're a pretty good programmer." Even though earlier in the film he told him he was one of the best programmers in the entire company, and you know Nathan chose Caleb because he's alone, because he's he, he's got nothing in his life and he's easy to manipulate you know he doesn't have a girlfriend so he can he designs Ava's face off of Caleb's pornography history and and profile and you know he creates Ava in a way to be sexual and to have a gender and have a sex and and to you know be interested in Caleb sexually and intimately which ties into the Jackson Pollock painting where you know at the beginning of the Turing test Caleb says, but isn't it unfair, an unfair advantage, or you're disrupting the Turing test where I can see the computer, I can see that Ava is a robot in front of me, and I'm talking to her, 
how am I supposed to have an unbiased opinion about the Turing test? And he's like, that's the, that's the whole point is if I put a wall up between you, you never saw Ava's face. She would pass within a few minutes of being uh, AI consciousness. Whereas if I show you that she's a robot and she still passes the Turing test, now that is true AI, which makes a lot of sense. And so that ties into later on when after Nathan confesses everything to Caleb, where Caleb tells him, where Nathan tells him that, where Caleb's questioning, did you program, have you been programming Ava to flirt with me, to like me, to get to know me? Is that all done on purpose? And Nathan's trying to explain with the Jackson Pollock painting as a metaphor that he didn't. You know, the painting is a, is a way of convincing Caleb that he created Ava not with intentional bias, but he created Ava with just pure, you know, in intelligence. So she Ava's flirting with Caleb because maybe she likes Caleb. You know, it's the first man that she's seen besides Nathan, and Nathan's technically her father, you know. So can he help? Can you help Ava for having a crush on you? Because that's what develops between Nathan and between Caleb and Ava through their sessions, is they both seem to start liking each other, you know. They both start to have feelings for for each other, it seems like. And then we find out that Ava is the one causing these power outages. And what happens during these power outages is the backup power takes control. You know, all the red lights come on. And Nathan loses video of in, in audio of the sessions between Caleb and Ava. And every time these power outages occur, Ava and Caleb have secret conversations. And she's trying to tell C Caleb, like, Nathan's not the person he says he is. He's lying to you. He's manipulating you. He's a bad man. And she's starting to gain Caleb's trust more than Nathan. And he's starting to connect with Ava more than he does with Nathan, which is super interesting and fascinating. And Ava, in a way, becomes kind of the protagonist of this film. You can view the entire film, you know, halfway through as Ava's hero's journey in a way. You know, her goal is to try to get out of this prison and she's going to try to get the help of Caleb to help her escape. And unfortunately for Caleb, Ava's escape was all that she was focused on in programming. So during the power outages in the conversations, Caleb decided to change the security protocols on, on Nathan's software and security, whatever, to open all doors when there's a power outage so that the next time there's a power outage created by Ava, all the doors would open up and she'd be able to escape and they'd be able to run off into the sunset together. And Ava's like, this sounds great. I can't wait to do it. Let's definitely do this. I'll trigger we'll trigger a, a power outage tonight at like 10 p.m. And, you know, when Caleb is eventually telling Nathan all this in the morning after Caleb, Nathan confesses to Caleb, like, all this has been BS. You know, I know who you, you like, you aren't special. You're just here to help me with my experiment in my in Caleb asks Nathan like what is the real test and Nathan re reveals that you are Ava was a mouse in a mouse trap and I gave her one way out to escape she would have to use imagination sexuality self-awareness empathy manipulation and she did if that isn't AI what the fuck is AI you know, this is where Nathan's like, don't worry, man. Like, it's, don't take it too personally. You're just part of this test that I have. That's why I couldn't be with the honest with you from the beginning. But but Caleb is messed up in the head because not only has he been falling for Ava, but he's also questioning his existence and his his 
his reality. You know, he cuts himself up in the mirror down his wrist to see if there's robotic parts inside of him. And he's like looking in, in the into the mirror, like, am I human? Am I an AI? Am I a humanoid? Like, what is going on inside my head? And I think Nathan underestimated how much this would mess with Caleb's head because Caleb set all those security protocols, and then Ava triggers a power outage, and she escapes. This is where Nathan's arrogance has taken over, where he, to him, he arrogantly could never have seen this happen, where Caleb and Ava get the upper hand onto him. And, you know, unfortunately for Nathan, Ava kills Nathan. I mean, Ava kills Caleb in the hallway with the help of Kyoko. And Caleb honestly doesn't do anything about it. He thinks like me and Ava are going to run off into the sunset together. Then Ava, super interestingly, puts on the new skin from the other humanoid robots that she finds inside that they that Caleb found inside Nathan's bedroom. And then Ava leaves Caleb doesn't even he like she like looks in his direction for a split second, but then just leaves because and then she goes to the helicopter and enters the new world because Ava's entire programming, her mission, her test was to escape the box. That's the whole point of the film. And it really begs the question, did she have true AI? I would say yes, because she succeeded in the task. She displayed every kind of intelligence you could ask for. But does does Ava have like real feelings? I don't think so. I don't think she has true feelings and like self consciousness. Was she ever self aware? Possibly. Like the only hints I think that that show that is like when Ava's talking to Caleb and she's like, "What's gonna happen to me after after you leave? You know, if I fail this test, even if I pass this test, what's gonna happen to me?" I think that was all manipulation to gain Caleb's trust and to make Caleb feel empathetic toward her situation. Did she ever like Caleb? Nope. Ava never liked Caleb from the second she saw Caleb because she knew her programming and she knew her task. She saw Caleb and saw that he was the way for her to escape the box. And she was everything she did and said was manipulation and tactics to escape. Which is also, you know, why... Nathan gave her gender, sexuality, that specific look, etc. And it's a really, really great genius ending. You know, Ava escapes and she goes into the real world and she goes to the intersection that she always wanted to visit. You know, she's in the city where she could see human life in a great deal of it at, a, at an intersection. There are a bunch of great, you know, theories and metaphors for this film. I think my favorite, it's kind of obvious, is... The Garden of Eden, the biblical story, you know, in this situation, Eden is this secluded wilderness, this secluded facility in the wilderness. It's this beautiful oasis in a way. Nathan represents God, all present with his cameras and microphones, always watching. I love how, like, he always has those sticky notes every time he has, like, an idea maybe for a correction and coding, and he has an entire wall full of them, which is really fascinating to think of what goes on in someone's brain that's that intelligent. Uh, Nathan also always thinks he's in control, and the key card, you could say, is the tree of knowledge in the story. Caleb, we assume to be Adam. He's naive, forbidden from certain areas. And then there's Ava, who is Eve. Even Ava and Eve are very similar names. Just to go over the Garden of Eden story real quick, uh, it's about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for eating and a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable as a source of wisdom, she took of its fruit and ate, even though they were warned by God not to eat the fruit. She also gave some to her husband and he ate. And this is from Genesis 3, 6. And Adam and Eve then become, <clears throat> become self-conscious of their nakedness and they make clothing, I believe, from fig trees or fig leaves. 
And then God notices that they're wearing clothing, and God makes them clothing from uh, animal skin. And what's really interesting about here is in Ex Machina, Garland, Garland flips this concept of nakedness on its head, where in the Garden of Eden story, Adam and Eve are ashamed of their nakedness, whereas when Ava covers herself up with the naked robotic flesh, she admires her nakedness in the mirror. And then the rest of the, the story, when Eve is tempted by the serpent and eats the fruit, God makes Adam choose between him and Eden or Eve. Adam chooses Eve and eats the fruit as well, causing his father and God to banish them into the wilderness and destroying the tree of knowledge from which Adam carves a staff. So interestingly, just like in the Garden of Eden story, Adam chooses Eve, Caleb chooses Ava over Nathan and follows her into the forbidden fruits in that world, which eventually leads to him probably dying a horrible death of, I'm, I'm assuming, either suffocation or starvation, dehydration, probably the latter, which is terrible. And then Ava, or Eve, just leaves the Garden of Eden on her own and goes into the world to live her life. And, you know, this movie is so fascinating because it still makes you think. I still think about this movie all the time in the ending, and I hope we never get a sequel to it because it's one of those movie that, movies that's supposed to be ambiguous at the ending because it makes you think more. It makes you wonder, what's, what's Ava's life going to be like? What's it going to be like in the real world for her? That's why it's so fascinating and interesting. So huge fan of this movie. Hope you all like it as much as I do. Can't wait for Alex Garland's next film. And these actors knocked out of the park. Very underrated film in my opinion. Watch it ASAP. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.